Hello everybody, welcome to the Quarantine Coral, the Corona Podcast. My name is Samira Rahim, I'm a model, I'm a body positivity activist, and I am the host of this makeshift podcast that I am doing right for the comfort of my own home in the effort of social distancing and trying to find more of a purpose and a movement in this time of having to be away from people and public events and things that probably normally would have given us all a bit of relief and joy we're forced to go inside and we're forced we're forced to sit with ourselves the good the bad and the ugly child and figure out who we are aside from our jobs who we are aside from our friends who we are aside from our health if that is to be in question. So I think a lot of things are on the table and I have a lot of people who I love who are feeling really antsy about it because I'm a go-getter. So a lot of my friends around me are hustlers, go-getters. They're just used to getting the bag. That's just how they move. And having to sit down makes people anxious, especially if you used to getting that bag, if you used to getting that chicken and somebody tells you it's a wrap, you can't get it. Even if you wanted to, there might be a way, but we don't think it's safe. And like even the people you were going to get the bag from don't feel comfortable even giving you the bag because it's a health risk globally. Well, that can bring up a lot of stuff that can bring up a lot of stuff. And I think it's very easy to associate what we do with who we are. And I was talking to my friend about that because they were like, I don't know what to do. You know, I'm always on the road. I'm always making art. And what do I do now? What do I do with myself? And how do I be with myself? Because I think we get so lost in, okay, I am a model. Or, okay, I am a teacher. Okay, I'm a doctor. I study hard. I work hard. Um, This is what I do to prepare for my job. Sometimes that can take up to 12 hours a day. Just understanding the passion that you have for something, the hours that you have to prepare to get into something, and then the work before you even do it. For example, let's say you are a teacher. And not only do you teach about four or five hours a day, before that, when you at home, you're preparing your lesson plans and getting your stuff together, and you always at teaching stores, so your whole life is about teacher. You got teacher friends, child. When, when the kids get mad at you, you taking that personally. So now your whole identity has now been wrapped up in being a teacher, and that's not to say that you might not have a multifaceted, you know, uh, life, but you can admit that your consciousness can, can become very entangled with what you do. So when there is no more do, who is you? And that's what I'm trying to discover. And I don't have the answers yet. Not to buy. I think I made this podcast to kind of tap in with everybody and just be like, yo, what are you guys doing to deepen this process? How are you figuring out who you are away from work? Because I am guilty, guilty, guilty child. I have been the first one to totally pour myself into work to the point that I think somebody asked me, like, what do I like to do the other day? And, and I can't tell you because my whole life I've either been in school for performing, performing in school, or signed as a model speaker performer. So to even have that trajectory is hard because just like my teacher metaphor, my life was either making the lesson plans teaching the class or figuring out a way to get to the class 
So it's come, it's coming up for me too. And I think that this, you know, this health journey is definitely positive, but I think as the days go on, we're talking about, you know, projected a three month minimum of this being a new way of life. So I think it's safe to say that life as we know it has been forever altered, but that doesn't mean that your soul as you know it, your capacity to love, your capacity to feel joy, your capacity to be the most amazing you has to follow the same faith. I refuse to believe that. And y'all can call me a goddamn optimist child. I've been called worse by better. Okay. But if optimism is the only thing that's going to keep me sane, I'll go with it. I will go with it. So I just feel like we are trying to discover in this time. If you have any tools that you feel like might be useful to me in this self-discovery, I'm definitely open to it. Like I said, um, I've been reading a lot. I've been praying. I've been meditating. I've been trying to get out and work out. But honestly, today I gave myself a break, which feels kind of crazy to consider taking a break in a workless week. But today I did not run and I did not beat myself up about it because that is a concept that I'm trying to bring into my life far beyond this. Yes, I want to keep promises to myself as we talked about in the last episode, but I also don't want to berate myself into a, into a, a, almost a vicious cycle that I end up resenting because the whole reason I indulged in it wasn't because it felt great was because I was just pushing, pushing because I thought I had to. I said, okay, well, I've done seven days. I should do eight. No. I I just, I, I wasn't going to play that game. So I said, you know what? We're going to be disciplined. I'm going to give you a rest day, but we're hitting it tomorrow. And, but today it's all about pancakes and reviving and rechilling and recharging. Because you already know if you are in a family dynamic, a relationship dynamic, you're a parent, you're a lover, everybody, whether you are self-isolating like you in your room and your person's in a different room or y'all are together or y'all are a phone call away, Everybody is scared, whether they admit it or not, because we are entering the unseen. And if you're not scared, well, you're, you're, you're uneasy. I mean, you don't have the answers. And I'm not saying like, you're scared, trying to push fear on you, because no, honey, some people, some people just don't got that in them. Some people just completely got unwithered faith. And even when you have unwithered faith, we have to admit, we do not know we're walking into. And that pretty much is the concept of faith. We don't know we walk into we don't know what we're walking up, we don't know what we're walking through, but we need to trust with our full selves that we are going to get through this. Dr. Martin Luther King has a has a uh, quote about faith and I'm paraphrasing, I don't know the exact quote, but he said faith is like a staircase. It's like walking up a staircase and not knowing where it's going. Just trusting the next step. We don't know where this staircase is going. We don't know where this pandemic is going. But we do know where we can go. And it's within the depths of ourselves to grow and and, and to mold and to shift and to somehow find some light at the end of this tunnel. So I implore you to get creative. Um, It will behoove us all to find different ways to connect Um, to find different ways to try to get creative, you know, to make people feel special. I've seen all kinds of gestures online that have just shown me that no matter what course this takes, human spirit will never be destroyed. I've seen so many, like, displays of the unwithering power of human spirit. 
And it's crazy. It's like rain or shine. People are going to find a way to put love into someone's heart, to make somebody they love smile, to make somebody feel seen. Like, for example, I saw this one thing that's going viral on Twitter, and it's a video of this girl who just got back from Italy, and she doesn't have the virus. It's, you know, it hasn't been confirmed, but the doctors have suggested that she self-quarantine because she has older parents. So she's in her room at her parents' house, and every day for what seems like 14 days, because it's three meals. I mean, the video was so long. Her parents sit in the hallway, mostly her dad, you know, at, at the majority of the videos, sits in the hallway with his dinner trays. He puts her food on a dinner tray. She grabs it, no contact, completely clean. And he dines with her from the hallway, plays music, lights candles. I mean, they're not even real candles. They're like light up, corny Dollar Tree candles. And it's just the cutest thing because it shows that human spirit is not lost and it won't be lost people are finding amazing ways to create people are finding amazing ways to to connect to show people they care i mean people are visiting their loved ones in in um hospices or convalescent homes through the glass you know one one elderly woman i think she turned in her 80s today her family went to the front yard and all had balloons and held balloons and spelled out happy birthday and enough safe distance. So, you know, I want you guys to go within and I want you guys to find the depths of yourself and I want us all to tap into all these pot, these broadcasts and to know what's going on in our government and to know what's going on in our, our everything. This is the time to tap into everything that, that, that you've ever been curious about but you didn't have the time or you didn't have the mental capacity to give it the time. This is the time to tap in. But at the same time, I want you to find ways to always be love to the people you hold sacred and the people that hold you sacred. At this point, we're getting to a point where a funny meme is going to give somebody a belly roll. And I even seen it happen with me. Like, because... I have been so desensitized. I've been in the house more and more and more and more. I, I might see a, a, a text somebody sent me and it really might make my heart light up. I might see a, a meme of something and it's really going to be funny because that's her only form of communication now. So I'm off my soapbox, but you know, in short, call your mama. Okay. So in addition to that, I did open up my Instagram, which is, this is how I look. Follow me, follow your girl. And I opened up my Instagram to my followers because I felt like in our last episode, we kind of hit a wall. You know, I've been telling y'all about my morning routine. I've been telling y'all about my spiritual journey. And I hope somebody is hearing it. And I really hope that it's benefiting somebody. But at the end of the day, I'm building a routine. And it is a routine. So it's not going to change much, especially in the vein of trying to be consistent. So I opened up my Instagram to just see, like, hey, what would you guys want to talk about on the podcast? Y'all got any questions? Anything y'all curious about? So, to my great surprise, um, I got a lot of questions really directed at the viral video. And if you don't know what viral video I'm talking about, there's there's a video of me. Um, it got 17 million views on Twitter. And it was me confronting or just having a conversation with who I did not know was a conservative preacher and an anchor guy, kind of. I thought he was just somebody's daddy with a camera who was living his YouTube dream, and he wanted to have a conversation with me. And I had a conversation with him. So 
I did get a lot of visibility because of that video and it really helped me kind of have certain leverage and just move in a way that was really interesting and really valuable to me. So a lot of the questions were really kind of asking about that moment and like, was that moment real was one of the questions. Um, was that moment real? And well, it, it was kind of like, a, like a, a few questions kind of that were accusatory, like, was the moment real? Because it does seem a little ironically timed and it just seems weird that you were already on your model and shit. So to answer your question, no cap, no lids, on me, on mine, that was 100% a real situation. 110% a real situation. Just to give y'all a little bit of some juicy tea, I wasn't even supposed to be there. Okay? I had come home and I was just like, you know, post-college, kind of feeling like a waif in the wind. And my homegirl, she was a stripper at the time. She was also a professional dancer. And if you know anything about being a professional dancer, well, then you know that when your body starts to develop, especially as a person of color, a woman of color, um, a woman with curves, a plus-size woman, there's a lot of dance stores that are shut down, such as classical ballet, which she was trained in, modern, which she was trained in. She started to feel like there were not a lot of opportunities. So we, we kind of just had this come to Jesus moment. And I was like, you know what, girl? I don't care what the opportunity is. We are going to find a way to get you to dance because dancing is what you love and you're going to find a way to dance. So at this, at this point, she was like stripping full time and she was feeling like her dance dreams were slowly dying. So we had saw the posting for the Amber Rose Slut Walk Background Dancers audition. So I sent it to her. I'm like, girl, you know, this is how young and crazy we are. I'm like, this is your chance, bitch. Like, I can already feel it. Like, I know. Let me take you. So I drive her to all the auditions. I think it was like three rounds of auditions before she got picked. I mean, the dancers was lined up down the street, child. And eventually she ended up getting the gig. At this point, I did not even know. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say I did not know what the slut walk was. Like, I had a barometer on the event, you know. I am definitely tapped in enough to know that there was this event going on. But I wasn't an avid attender. I wasn't somebody who really um, knew about how to go, where to go. No, I just understood, like, yeah, I think that words can, like, that that ideology without the, the walk particularly telling me was already in me because I've always been kind of a progressive person. And then to make matters worse, I went to a really progressive college. I went to the new school in New York City, which is, like, one of the most prestigious international arts progressive universities in the world. So a lot of our education was, like, what about this ism? What about that ism? What about that ism? And just kind of making sure that everything that we consumed was picked apart um, truly from every angle to make sure that nobody was being oppressed and nobody was being hurt, which is quite exhausting. But it definitely makes you look at everything through a different lens. So I completely agree. Like, I don't need, like, at that point, I was like, you know, I don't need this event to tell me that um, language has evolved past basic definition and if I want to take back a word I can um I should be respected no matter how much clothes I wear my sexual history or past is is in void when considering if I'm a good person or somebody who should be considered truthful and I think those are things I try to live by period it's not even a question plus at the same time I've been living in New York for the last four or five years so I didn't really even 
go to the slut walk because I wouldn't be in LA to go. And this was Amber Road slut walk particularly. I know there are other slut walks in other parts of the world, but this was just particularly her. So my homegirl ends up getting the gig. We're feeling it. It's lit. She's feeling like she's finally being seen and it's a beautiful moment. So the day of the event, I was supposed to pick her up from the event. That was the agreement. And I was going to drive my little swoop team and pick her up. The night before, she's like, girl, what you gonna wear? I'm like, what you mean what I'm gonna wear? She's like, girl, they be wearing crazy stuff you need to show out. So I was like, okay. So I went to like the Goodwill Child and I thrifted that little butterfly top you see and a little sequence pink skirt. I wore some Air Force Ones and I had my cousin do my hair in two long ponytails because I had been dreaming, y'all, about two long ponytails. Like I was just like, I had this vision like, I wonder how crazy it would be if I took two drawstring ponytails and put them on the side of my head. And then that was years before, but I remember I never acted on it because I was like, oh, that's going to look dumb. Like, I just never let myself do it. And then one time my cousin was just like, have you heard about this thing called the invisible ponytail? And I was like, no. And then she's like, what if we do two invisible? So that's how the whole ponytails thing came in so I'm like wearing this crazy outfit I'm feeling it my homegirl's dancing she's like you got VIP walk with me we in now I walk with her and I guess I should have known how the day was because I went to the event completely alone and she was like a higher dancer so it wasn't like she got to talk to me a lot they wouldn't let me go backstage where she was it was just kind of like when they marched through the street I kind of walked where she walked but I was at the whole event by myself like by myself I remember seeing like people like wow this is crazy I'm really here by myself like you know like I'm just people watching I I remember watching all the acts like I think um Mariah Lynn was there and Kalani was there and I was just like drinking like some like, like some juice and just like just observing like how people were really having a cathartic experience at this event because they felt like they were being seen past their sexuality or past their sexual violations or even past things that were bigger than sex like some women had breast cancer and they and they had their scars showing and and, you know and they were feeling that they were less of a woman or perceived as less than a woman because they had the scar tissue because they had their breasts removed or or one thing or that you know other and I, I just got to see all the booths that were just not represented in the whole media of of the slut walk there was like literally domestic violence booths and like sexual safety booths and like also fun things like sex toys and condoms and i thought that was just a very interesting concept i was like you know what i don't give a fuck like that's how i am i don't give a fuck like how you do what you do who you do i ain't the judge and i ain't the goddamn jury baby if it makes you happy I'm going to stay in my lane. If nobody's getting oppressed and nobody's getting hurt and you just getting the goddamn moment of pleasure, I don't give a damn who you love, where you love, how you love. If ain't nobody getting hurt in the mix, I'm cool with it. So that's pretty much my attitude at the whole walk. So after the walk, my homegirl just stopped answering the phone completely mysteriously. And I happened to just see this other girl who was like a model friend of mine. And we're kind of like acquaintances. I wouldn't really call her a friend. But I saw her and I was like, oh my God, she's here. At least I had somebody to talk to because my homegirl, who I'm supposed to be giving a ride to, is just mysteriously not answering. So I think I should leave. And she's like, yeah, girl. And I'm like, all right, so I guess we leave. And so we're walking out and we waited for our Uber. 
and I just see this man kind of like messing with all these drunk women that were waiting in front of the event. And a lot of the women were hammered because, like I said, it's, it was in a festival environment. So although people were having a spiritual awakenings, other people was getting turned the fuck up. Okay. And so those people were kind of outside lingering and he was taking advantage of the fact that they were under the influence, asking them questions, trying to pin them in the corner, make the girl sound stupid. And I remember just peeping the scene, but then also being like, baby, he better not come over here with that because God already knows I am not the fucking one. So I had, you know, I just saw him making his way up to me. And that's how, if you notice in the video, I say, yes, Jesse. Because I heard him like introduce himself to other people like, hi, my name is Jesse. Hi, my name is Jesse. I'm like, oh, okay. He's a weirdo. Like not even a weirdo, like a judgment. Because I think that weird people are cool and having a quirky personality is cool. I'm saying like he owns some darkness shit he trying to make people look dumb shit he trying to hurt people essentially and I just don't be with that like I'm all about a good joke I swear I am but I really don't like hurting people's feelings it's just not my it's not my thing because I'm too good at it when I want to do it you feel me so it's just like I'm not gonna do it for for shits and giggles so I'm just kind of watching that shit happen but I'm, I'm feeling like he not come up to me and then to my surprise he's right there with a fucking microphone ask me these questions and so I you know end up having I'm just to me it's just me shooting the shit with the guy I don't I'm not vexed I remember when the video first came out a lot of people were like her she's so mad and her her, her arguments invalidated child it, it wasn't the debate team at Howard University okay we was two people on the corner shooting the shits just like I would shoot the shits with you if I was in your living room just like I would talk shit with the homies on the block that's how I talk everybody who really knows me knows like that nobody who knows me was shocked by that video they're like oh yeah that's how Sam- that's what Samira be on yeah that's what she be on like period and she's not even mad she just love a good debate like that's what she'd be on so that's pretty much the whole story with that um it was completely definitely an accident um and I remember the quirky moment when I walked away with the girl who was like my acquaintance we were like walking away and I remember at the end I said that thing about Aerie and she was also a model too and she was like you know you should be very careful like where you say brand names you never know where that video is gonna go and I was like (laughs) okay girl whatever that video ain't going nowhere bitch boy was i wrong okay so um that is pretty much the story it was completely 100 percent an accident it's not like a whole payola scheme um another question that came through my little poll was how did you learn to think the way you do i'm just kind of infascinated i'm infatuated with your mind she said um and i thank you i think that's a really amazing compliment and I think it's crazy that anybody's infatuated with my mind because I'm kind of crazy, like, you know, but I could say, to be honest, what developed this personality, what developed a real sense of self for me was my mom just never really took it easy on me. I never really had a chance to be idle. And if you are somebody that don't have the kind of mama that's always on finding classes, finding stuff, finding groups, finding mentors then I think you have to be that person for yourself. Like, because it just, it created a hunger in me that when I feel myself losing sense of self, I know I need to find some like divine mothers to like guide me through this. I need to go find a class. I need to go find a spiritual center. So just to give you like a little like tidbit, like I was engrossed in this place called Amazing Grace Conservatory, which is a performing arts school and a place that I donate through my My Body shirt, which was a big part 
of building a sense of self because we learned our history through performing arts and it was amazing but I also went to a spiritual center called Agape which was all about like the law of attraction and learning and every week we just learned about a different product a different prophet a different book of worship a different religion a different way of faith and it kind of just showed me that there was no separation other than the idea of separation and that love is my only religion and the only religion that I'm going to adhere by so I think since I was about eight meditation has been kind of a part of my life without even realizing that it was um and just having parents who really valued checking in with your people you know checking in with your with your aunties and your uncles and really being around the elders in my family have given me a certain confidence in the way that I choose to move and the, in the way that I choose to think that I think when you just don't have that wisdom in your corner is really hard to develop you know it's really hard to understand what it even looks like to be short-footed if everybody around you that you're taking advice from is young and flighty just like you you know um and just like I mean those were like the two main points but I went to like many other places I went to a place called Her Stepping Stone which was like a woman's empowerment group and then my mom made me go to like an island off the coast of California which was like a social experiment they put two kids from every religion on this island off the coast of California to try to figure out if we were vegan and had to live off the land what was the essence of all religion and once again we found out it was love so I had always I always put myself in uncomfortable situations and by like I was always at a camp I was on a dance team I was doing I was always doing something because I just felt like as soon as I got idle then my mind would go crazy because I've always had the capacity I was always kind of a rather serious kid even though I would show up goofy like that's kind of the trick of being young and you know and whatever we can look so good on the surface but it's like the people that really know us know that you know it gets dark and they overthink and they be going through it and people have anxiety and all kind of things so I think when me and my mom kind of recognized that I had the trait to be somebody who could go into the darkness she just always tried to fill me with the light through education and action and and, and proaction you know and if she did not have the answers she was very humble enough to tell me, you know, and my dad too, if he didn't have the answers, it was always like, okay, I don't know the answers, but maybe this sister over here would know the answers. Or maybe this brother over here would have the answers. And I think that that has made me as an adult be able to tap into my fellow women, to my fellow men, to my peers, and truly listen because I wasn't raised in a family where my mama was too proud to say, auntie such and such is better at that than me. Or, you know, that teacher might have that warm, fuzzy thing that I don't have. So let's go talk. You know, like, so I think that just that humbleness really kind of helped me be able to watch people. And and I'm just a big watch and learn type person. If I can watch how you move, if I can watch how you think, if I can see it in actual, you know, practice, then I think that. I can actually apply it a little bit better. So um, I hope that answers your question. You know, um, reading a lot of books and really fucking up. I think I got my mind from really fucking up. I'm the type of person who had to play devil's advocate for everything. Like, I tell people I learned everything the hard way. I kind of just learned it easier, and I learned it in mundane situations. Like, I remember when I was, like, maybe in third grade, I was like, I wonder why people wear socks. This is so dumb. I'm going to stop wearing socks. 
waste of a fabric. Then I had musty shoes and I figured it out. So I think that's kind of like a metaphor for my whole life. You know, like I was just like, oh, there's a reason for that rule. I would break the rule and then find out the reason for the rule later. And then as I grew up, it became wiser and I leaned on my elders. And I re- leaned on even like not my elders, like people that are my sisters or my brothers that might be just a couple years older than me. And I learned from their lessons because I once heard a quote that says, you know, smart people learn from their mistakes, but wise people learn from the mistakes of others. And um, in the in the effort of trying to self-preserve, there's some emotional scars that you just don't need to carry at the moment. Well, I hope this podcast was insightful to somebody. I'm trying to find different ways to turn it up and tune it out and figure it out. So please tap in, follow me at IG, this is how I look. DM me, let me know if you want me to talk about anything on the show. My Twitter is this is how I speak. You can DM me on there, send me a comment, let me know what's going on, what's on your mind, how are you guys feeling. Um, I'm going to end this podcast with a little bit of a prayer like we did last time because I like how that left the pod feeling. Mother, Father, God, we come to you as humble as we know how in complete gratitude for all that is. Knowing that the frequency that is God, that is Jah, that is whatever name you called it by, is at work right now. We are so thankful for our friends, for our families, for our supermarket workers, for our post office workers, for all the people that are so very hard at work to keep us moving in this time. We know that there is nothing stronger than the power of faith. And we walk up that staircase not knowing what's at the end with full trust in the process. I'm so thankful for this time to get busy and to find ways to get more creative and to deepen my sense of self. I know that where we are, all is well. And so it is. Amen. (laughs) All right, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Quarantine Coral. I love y'all and stay safe.